0: Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm kicking off today's show with a quick story. 27 years ago, I introduced my high school friend, Eileen, to my college friend, Bill. Fast forward a few years and they got married. I got credit at the rehearsal dinner for the matchmaking and every year on her anniversary, we text and I pat myself on the back. But the reality, this connection was simply happenstance. Eileen and I randomly went into a bar one night where Bill was hanging out, and it would have been super duper weird of me not to introduce Eileen as I caught up with Bill. And Bill was no dummy. It's not every day a gorgeous, tall, smart, kind blonde falls into your lap, and the rest is history. My guest today is somebody who brings a lot more intention, deliberation, and expertise into the science and art of human connection, modern dating, and finding love and companionship. Amy Noble is the founder of Love Amy, a dating coach service that marries the technology of modern day dating with a holistic view of human to human energy and connection. She is a firm believer that you can swipe right on love and she's here to walk us through dating apps, online flirting, and why, for the love of God, people need to stop treating first dates like job interviews. Plus, how you can change the energy around your dating life by first falling in love with yourself. If you are back on the dating scene, or perhaps never left it, if you're curious about Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, or if you have zero interest in dating but want some thoughtful prompts for taking a good look at your personal happiness and asking yourself, am I where I want to be? Stick around. This show is for you. Welcome, Amy. Thank
1: you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Uh, I'm excited as well. I've been wanting to do a show on this topic for a while. We're going to dive into all your practical coaching advice for the modern dating scene, which is, you know, dating apps. But I would love to kick off with your own story. Why did you become a dating coach and launch
1: Love Amy? Yeah. So this is really the biggest plot twist of my entire life. And the really quick story is I have a background in PR and marketing. I have written four books, all designed to empower women at different points in their lives. And the latest book I wrote, co-wrote with a friend is called just when you're comfortable in your own skin, it starts to sag and it's all about kind of reinventing yourself at 40 plus. And here we are, we're interviewing hundreds of women across the country and it's really about reevaluating your life and making conscious choices, right? So I'm hearing all these stories of women reevaluating their marriages, and I realize that I have to do the same thing and I have to face the really harsh reality that I need to leave this marriage. And we were married for 20 years, we were together for 26 years, two preteens, and it was the toughest thing that I had ever done, right? So here I am in New York City. I have tossed myself out of this long-standing relationship, and I am hoping to meet people the old-fashioned way, right? So I'm, like, walking around New York. I'm trying to talk to people in Starbucks, and they're looking <laughs> at me like I have murdered people. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, wow, the world has really shifted and changed. So I take a couple of my single girlfriends out for drinks, and I'm like, okay, guys, give me all your tips and tricks for online dating. And all I got was like horror stories, you know? And I thought, no, 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 hold on. Like there's a hundred million users on Bumble. So there is a missing link. (laughs) I have a weird nerdy social anthropology brain. So I sort of set out to figure it out. So I literally made dating my job. I would post up at my favorite coffee shop or bar and I would slot people in (laughs) and I, Probably did three years of dating in six months. Wow. And yeah, it was crazy. And I made every mistake one can make, literally. And then I started to crack the code. And I realized something pretty profound for me, <laughs> which is no one ever teaches us how to do this. No one ever taught us. You know, it's like, why? Why aren't we taught relational skills at a younger age, like how to consciously choose your partner, choose people in your life, friends, partners, right? So I did meet the love of my life four years ago on Bumble. And at that point, I had really figured out the secret sauce, (laughs) how to present yourself online accurately, how to ask the right questions, how to know what you stand for, and then ask those questions on a date, right? And so I started helping friends, not only Redo their profiles and teach them how to banter online, which is an art unto itself. But then, what happens when you're in person? You know, it's not. It's like, no, thank you, Disney. It's not about being chosen. It literally is about just seeing if you're aligned with someone, and it's that simple.
0: I'm so excited to get into all of this to talk about the profile, and I and I love the way you talk about being aligned with your match. But I, I want to just rewind for a minute and and ask you, you know, you you said you treated this um, dating like a job, right? And that you mm-hmm. squeezed in three years of j- dating in, in, in a few months, which was kind of astonishing. But you also say that dates shouldn't be a job interview. So, so walk us through what you mean in the distinction. Like why, how to approach dating like with intentionality, but why, yeah. how do we not get into that very sort of, you know, rote, formal job interview mode? What's the distinction? Yes, yes. It's
1: it's a very good question. I do not recommend treating dating like a job per se. (laughs) I'm a weirdo and I did that.
0: (laughs) So what did that look like though? I mean, were you there like (laughs) nine to five or like what kind of job was this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally I had like baristas like they they knew what my whole mission was and they would we'd have hand signals if i order a non-fat latte you have to hover because this is not going well um <laughs> no i mean I, I, it was like three four dates three four or five dates on certain days right so i would i would i would bring my journal and my laptop and i would slot people in with lots of cushion in between because you never know and um so I don't recommend that. Like that is, I, that was just me being me. And okay. it obviously evolved into something bigger. So d- you don't want to treat it like a job, but you do want to place it at the top of your priority list. Because I hear this all the time and I have this really long intake form. I have my clients fill out. And I say, list your priorities in your life, you know? And they say, finding a partner who is right for me as number one, but here's the thing. They're not prioritizing it. They're not swiping. They're hiding from it because we have to be vulnerable. And that's the part that's, you know, really scary is I call it skillful vulnerability. Like we have to show who we are right away in the profile. If you are someone who, you know, you have three cats and you love Bruce Springsteen and you, you know, it's like, let's put yourself out there and then keep peeling the onion for people as you go and i think that's the hardest part is we are never taught how to be vulnerable and it feels scary and but the thing is it's like it's not about being perfect and it's not about being chosen and i think that's really important to know. So
0: let's talk about this notion of not being chosen because i am here for that. Right? You know, we get to, we get to you know a certain age and you know i you got married young obviously because you had a, a you know a 20 plus year marriage, a 26 year relationship, two children. So you connected with your ex-husband early. I I got married early as well. And sometimes, you know, I feel like it was like accidental that it keeps working. You know, how do you know at 20 that it's going to keep yeah. working at, at, at 50? Um, but this notion of like we we get to midlife and we choose ourselves, right? So how do you bring yeah. that spirit into your dating life rather than let's do that mindset shift first and then get into the nitty gritty of, Creating profiles and, and sort of getting in action. How do you choose yourself so that you can, you um, connect with the right person?
1: Yeah, that's that's really the pivotal question. And it's sort of funny when people come to me. It's like, okay, hurry up, hurry up! I just need to find my person. But once I have them fill out this intake form, it's sort of a trick <laughs> because I'm gauging their self love, and I'm gauging their self compassion, and I'm gauging. What do they even know what values they stand for? So I have them take a core values quiz. And it's always surprising because it spits out these core values that you thought, oh, gosh, I didn't realize that gratitude is number one, or I didn't realize that humor is actually number one. So, so yes, you know, I always say you can only meet someone as deeply as you've met yourself and that's the truth. And so all the roads lead back to self-love and self-compassion. And, you know, I'm super woo-woo. I'm an, you know, I'm intuitive. So I always bring that to the table. And to me, it's about where you vibrate. What emotion is your set point? So if your set point is frustration over, oh, where is my person? You know, I'm not where I thought I'd be or it's, it's really, it it gets in the way. You know, we have to make our set point more compassion more love. We have to forgive ourselves, right? I mean, I see people all the time stuck in this place of, I failed. The marriage failed. I'm a failure. And, you know, the more self-love, self-compassion, and forgiveness we can give ourselves, which is extremely difficult for people to do, like they'll give their best friend all of that. But when it comes to themselves, their, their own worst critic, right? We have to pay attention to that voice in our head and, and make sure that it's more loving, but you nailed it, that's it, that's the work. And that's what we start with. Okay, I,
0: I love this. So Amy, we're heading into a quick break, but when we come back, I wanna hear a tactical tip on how we realize this self-love, if that's something that a listener is struggling with. We've all seen red light facial masks all over Instagram and beauty spas and dermatologists' offices. But did you know red light technology can also rejuvenate your pelvic floor, not just your face? As we age and lose estrogen, our skin, vagina, and intimate tissues get dry. The result, painful sex, more UTIs, and increased bladder leakage. I've experienced all three. And let me tell you, they are zero fun. And it doesn't have to be this way. Meet JoyLux, a sexual health and wellness company founded by women for women. JoyLux offers a red light home use device called V-Fit to rejuvenate your pelvic floor. This revolutionary device promotes vaginal wellness, natural lubrication, improves strength and sensation, and increases confidence, all from the privacy of home, at a fraction of the cost of in-office options. Get your confidence back. Reconnect with your partner. Take charge of your intimate health. Who doesn't want easy-to-use, at-home care? Sign me up and spread the word. Joylux has an exclusive code for certain age listeners. Take $50 off the V-Fit with code KATIE50. That's K-A-T-I-E-5-0 for $50 off. Head to joylux.com for the love of your V. Okay, Amy, we're back. We talked about the importance of really being kind to yourself, having that inner voice that's supportive because you, you need to feel amazing about yourself before anyone else is going to feel amazing about you. So if you're yeah. working with a client who's not there yet, do you recommend that they not jump into the dating pool? Do you recommend working with a therapist? What's a way that um, a woman who's listening to this show can move, can move herself into the right mindset so she can truly get
1: back in action? Yeah, I love this question so much. So there's something you can do right away on your own. First of all, a journal is your best friend in your dating journey. I think in your life journey but especially in your dating journey, because your journal is really your higher self <laughs> speaking to you, but it's also very cathartic to sort of every morning start to journal, but there's something called five, five, five. Okay. And if you do this for one month, every morning, five, 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 I promise you your self-love and self-compassion will start to grow and you'll feel a shift because I've seen the magic happen. And what is so it? It's, so it's when you get up, hopefully before you grab your phone, but I get that. So what sometime in bed, You are going to do a five-minute guided meditation. I love the Calm app. It has different categories. So five-minute guided meditation. You're going to grab your journal. You're going to write down five things you love about yourself. I know this is tough. Believe it or not, this is really tough for people. They always say, do I have to have five different things every day? Like, Well, your best friend would have a million things. So, But it can be anything. Anything. Your eyelashes are long. And five things you're grateful for. So five, five, five every morning. And what that does is it starts to rewire our mindset so that you're waking up and you're starting the day in a different place. You're starting to, to vibrate from gratitude. And that really will help so much, you know, shift, shift everything.
0: And you really feel, um, you're starting from a a point of positivity and sort of, sort of maybe self-confidence and self-love, which helps you know feel you. I do the gratitude things in the morning, but I don't do the other two. I'm only doing five of the 15. so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to incorporate that and see how I feel. So once you've done that, once you kind of feel like you're starting to feel more confident, you you're, you are starting to feel like I have a lot to offer. I'm excited to meet somebody and bring this energy to them. You know, how mm-hmm. do we um, make sure that we're connecting with the right person, that we're not, you know putting our hearts out there and potentially getting crushed? You know, how do we ID potential right out of the gate when we start dating? Are there things that we should be looking for?
1: Yeah, if we're talking about online dating, which is sort of what you know I specialize in because 50, 60% of all couples start online now. So if we're talking about online dating, this is where people get stuck. This is the number one thing I want you guys to know and to remember is that same amazing guy that you are about to meet on Saturday night at your friend's dinner party. Is also on Bumble, but you will swipe left, which is no. And here's why. A, nobody knows how to do this. (laughs) So the profiles, there are amazing people all over the apps, disguised in really mediocre profiles. Okay. So that is what I want everybody to know. You are going to put yourself on this app. You're gonna have your friend take pictures, you're gonna be like, all right, I'm doing this. And then you start to swipe and you're like, what? on God's earth is going on here. (laughs) And the thing is, you know, we're trying to feel some sort of energy, right? Just like we're trying to replicate that energy you feel when you're at that dinner party meeting that guy, and you're not going to feel it. It's just not possible. So you have to remove sort of that expectation and just go in and say, okay, this is a numbers game, right? Uh, He's either in the zone or not in the zone just means, all right, a few boxes are ticked. He's reasonably okay looking because everyone's bad at this. And that's going to be a yes. And you're going to say hi. Right. So that's what I want people to know, because I think the minute people sign up for an app, they want to chuck their phone across the room (laughs) because it seems really tough.
0: And so if you're thinking like, I'm just going to pick, like, I'm going to reach into this pool of, you know, what, what, what was the number on Bumble? I was astonished. It was how many people? 100 million
1: users. 100 worldwide. million users.
0: So if you think you're going to open the app and like miraculously pick, you know, one perfect guy out of 100 million users, you know, you might be disappointed. So what you're suggesting is that you try to connect with a large number of people um, and then have these exploratory conversations and then what? Have a first date to figure out if you should have a second? What comes next?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, here's the reality. If you want one screener, mini screener date a week, and a mini screener date is not a real date. You should never go on a real date on a Saturday night with someone you met on an app. (laughs) It should be 30, 40, maybe an hour, right? Uh, It's coffee, early drink, so that's a mini screener just to see if you want to go on a real date. If you want one a week, you will be swiping and talking about an hour a day. That's, That's the average. So put Instagram away and put Bumble front and center, and you're just going to say hi to like 20, 25 people a day, see if see who sparks conversation. You really have to look at this and as a numbers game and really remove, you know, your emotions like, oh, I I see people all the time. Oh, I saw this profile and it was perfect and then we were talking, we we're bantering and then he ghosted me. What happened? It's like we can't get into that because we don't know these people. So we just have to throw out a bunch of, you know, hellos and how are you and Start bantering and just see what shakes out. And you're going to go on mini screener dates that, eh, it's like 45 minutes. No big deal.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about this mini screener date because I feel like this is a genius concept. So what you're saying is, you know, don't get all dolled up. Don't devote your Saturday. Saturday is for like your amazing friends in your life. And you're doing these mini screener dates, these like 30-minute coffees. We're just sort of a range of people to see what if there's chemistry or that if they're interesting what what happens on these screener dates that then allow yeah. us to move to date number two which you're describing as the real date. How do we how do exactly. we assess these screener these screener candidates?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I I review with my clients what's our first state roadmap? What does it look like? Right. It should always look about the same. And this is this is how mine went. I'll just give my example. So I would sit down, i get there 50 minutes early. I'm journaling, I'm meditating, I'm reading. And then Mike sits down in front of me like, hey, Mike, now I've already set my energy. So I'm like, okay, cool. You could have literally put like Darth Vader in front of me at a certain, it just didn't. I was like, nothing was going to fluster me (laughs) like, oh, hey, Mike. And I would always ask the first question because I wanted to set that energy. So I, my opener was always like, hey, so we met on Bumble, a little awkward. Um, (laughs) How is it going for you? Like, how's online dating going? Right. And what that does is it cuts through the BS of like the weather and awkward stuff, and it kind of just makes it real. And guess what? We're on the same team, me and Mike. (laughs) Like, we're on the same team. This is hard, right? And also, we're getting information because someone will tell you how it's going, and someone likely will tell you what led to them being online. So it's really good information. Beyond that, now you're just chit chatting. You want to weave in one or two questions that you wish someone would ask you on a first date. Okay. So I, my two questions were number one, how are your kids? Tell me about your kids. Cause I exclusively dated guys with kids. Cause I was in my late forties when I was out there. And that was really, really helpful for me to, I needed that person's eyes to light up. Right. And if they didn't, that was going to be a no for me. My second question was because my number one value is gratitude. So my next question was. Hey, so I'm going to pivot the conversation here. What role does gratitude play for you? And I'm asking because it happens to be my number one core value, you know? And if someone looked at me like, well, that's kind of silly, isn't it? I knew that wasn't my person. Um, and oftentimes it's like, it, it was interesting. It shifted the energy the whole date. Like someone who I'd written off would be like, wow, I have a gratitude practice. I think it is the most important thing. And then all of a sudden we found an alignment. Right, so these are not throwaway little dates. These are really, really important to see if you have any thread of alignment,
0: yeah, you're cutting you're cutting through the chase. i lo- first of all, I love that you're not sitting down talking about the weather and like awkward stuff. you're like, diving right in, like, hey, like isn't this weird? We're online dating and like having like a <laughs> yeah. like I mean because I think that there's a lot of artifice, you know, with um uh, it sounds like there's a lot of artifice but, like, with like the dating or a vulnerability, and it just acknowledged like. Yeah, you and I are having this kind of weird experience, like, how's it going for you? Which is just such an, an honest question to ask. And then to have these two very incisive questions that matter to you make so much sense. So you, you've you been using the word alignment and core value a couple times in this conversation. I would love mm-hmm. to, you know, actually have you explain a little bit more about your, your thinking around core values and how that helps us decide if we are or are not in
1: alignment with a potential partner. Yeah, I think it really knowing what your core values are and knowing what you stand for it, that provides the entire roadmap for your dating life. Because here's the thing. If you really, I have a lot of people who, a lot of clients who like family is their number one core value. What does that mean? They really, really want and need somebody who values family above all else. So You know, they want someone who has strong family ties. They want someone who wants a family and whatever that definition is. So that is going to drive a lot of your questions forward and it's going to inform so much. Conversely, I have a client right now and her number one core value is humor, right? And so we, like the way we developed her online profile is so her and it's very, very wickedly funny, dry humor. And so we you know, she's an attorney and before her profile was so dry. It's what she thought people wanted to see. So it really knowing your core values will help under help you understand whether or not you're aligned with other people.
0: It's so smart because it also just allows you to, you know, set aside people that just aren't, even if they're nice guy, this is probably like, I think people wind up in the trap of hanging out with people that it's never going to it's never going to become real. It's never going to because they're just wasting their time with people that are great people maybe, or nice people, or are sort of good on paper people, but aren't yeah. really their people. Talk to me also about this notion of the 4 Cs, which I've seen on your website and I've heard you talk about in other podcasts. What what's describe this to our listeners?
1: Yeah, so I mean there's we have to remember what what's important to us. Um and so The four C's for most people that I work with um, are commitment, compassion, connection, and communication. And again, these aren't going to be, you know, the concrete four C's for everybody, but it's really, really good to know what you're looking for in a partner. I have my clients do this visioning exercise, and what they do is... You know, I want a partner who dot, dot, dot. And I want a partner who makes me feel dot, dot, dot. I want a partner who stands for dot, dot, dot. Right. And so everything that you really, it's like things you think you want on paper. Like, I want him to have this kind of job. I want him to have gone to this kind of school. I want him to have this type of family. Right. We think, like, you just nailed it. It's like, we think we know. But at the end of the day, we have to really go deep internally to understand what, again, what we stand for and what we want. And that will, you know, the questions will pour out of you once you are clear on that. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting because as I shared,
0: like I I met my husband in a bar when I was nineteen. <laughs> so, I, like <laughs> there you I, go, roll I, my, the dice. <laughs> right? My core value was like, is somebody going to buy me a beer? You know that is like, <laughs> like, like and you know that was just That's amazing. You know it was so long ago, and you know I, I, we don't always bring intention to our relationships, but when we get to midlife, we bring intention to a lot of things, right? We. Bring attention to how we take care of our health, how we are sort of maybe parenting, raising our children, our careers, you know, longevity, and it makes so much sense to me that we need to bring the sort of same level of intention around our dating life. So I love this. Well, yeah, there's yeah, there's a reason
1: the divorce rate is so high. I mean, it continues to escalate, and I'm convinced it's because no one teaches us how to be intentional about arguably the most important thing in your whole life. And so, you've, you've, I, yeah. you've, you've given
0: us some great prompts to think about, like, what, what do we value? What do we want in a partner? I, I love all those, all those ideas that you just shared. Let's get into the nitty gritty of a, of a dating profile, because as you shared with your one particular client who was this very humorous, you know, smart, uh, witty lawyer, it, she wasn't showing up like that on her dating profile. What are exactly the, what are the elements of a successful dating profile walk us through maybe the component parts the photo the bio and 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 most importantly like
1: how do we interject ourselves into it yeah yeah exactly so pictures this is the number one most hated element behind bantering um have your best friend accompany you outside in the sunshine change your outfit three or four times And what you are trying to capture is that sparkle in your eye. That's the most important thing is your lead photo. It's probably shoulders up or waist up. And it's you outside laughing. Maybe you're playing with your dog and you're like kind of looking off camera, but you can just see that sparkle. Your best friend should look at that photo and go, oh my God, I I need that photo. That's so you, right? And I think we get that wrong a lot of times. So that's the most important thing. You definitely need a full length. Don't make it overly sexy, but you need, maybe you're at a wedding with a glass of wine, or maybe you're running a marathon, you know, whatever. Um, I love the action shot, skiing, you're, maybe you're in a kayak, one group shot is okay. So that's, that's the photos for the most part. The most important thing about the prompts is to be really specific and don't be afraid to state what you want. I have a client right now and she's terrified of saying she wants a life partner. And we have to, you know, we have to just push through our fear and put it out there. I think one of the prompts should be like my simple pleasures and get really specific. Like, I'm a Sudoku nerd. Uh, I love, you know, Sex in the City on repeat on a Sunday, you know, get really specific. I love the key to my heart. So that's when you can say, key to my heart, compassion, generosity, laughter. I'm looking for, you know, my last first date was someone who laughs as hard as I do at, you know, knocked up. I mean, you just, you, you want to be really, really specific. Um, and then I love two truths and a lie, because that's a really fun one. And that forces you to sort of like get creative. I won, I won a national spelling bee in third grade. I danced with Rod Stewart all night and I I ran three marathons. So I mean, it's. By the way, Amy, I want all of those things to be true for you. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna say. I'm
0: never gonna say. <laughs> how fun! Oh my gosh, I love this. So this, you're actually, you're making it seem like it's a lot of fun, and I feel like people should bring that spirit to this. I guess unless your your like true core self is you know serious, in which case you need to present yourself that way. How do we? How do we look at somebody else's profiles once we you know once we've created ours and we feel like it does capture us? How do we assess other people's profiles to see if they're really a good fit? If if maybe they're not doing they're not really putting their best foot forward.
1: It's it's nearly impossible. I mean, I will just say it is one of the most frustrating elements of this. I will sit side by side with a client and we will swipe together. And I will watch this client literally play the tape in her head or his head and they'll, they'll say things like, "Oh, yeah, He wouldn't like my friends. Oh, he's not smart. Oh yeah. Well, she's not funny. I can tell (laughs) it's like, we actually don't have that information. You can look at the most beautiful profile. That's like worded perfectly for you. And the pictures look so delightful. And this person literally could have 12 wives in Utah. We actually don't know. (laughs) We hope not. This is good. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I just, none of my clients have ever been in a situation like that. Yes. But my point is we just have to be forgiving. So, you know, okay, it looks like they've got an interesting job and I love what they said about family The pictures are reasonable and okay, like yeah, I'm just gonna say hi. I mean, there's enough no's, right? Right. I get this all the time. Like, Amy, I wouldn't date 99% of these people on the app. Well, guess what? You wouldn't date 99% of the people walking down the street either. It's it's fine. That is normal. So of the 1%, there's 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 a tremendous gray area. So unless it's a horrible, like, oh full body no, then you know, you might just wanna say hi and see. If you say hi you know, Hey, Hey Mike, and get specific about your opener. Hey Mike, what's your favorite cozy brunch spot in New York city? That should, you know, always have an opener. That's really specific to you. You might say, you might throw that out 25 times in one day, 25 different people, which sounds like, Oh my God. And of those 25, Hey Mike, or Hey John, maybe one or two will respond. Maybe and that's normal. So I think that,
0: I, to, I love that yeah. you've normalized this, actually, Amy. That you know, it takes a little bit of work, and and I think this this notion of just like you know, opening up the app and finding you know, Mister Right, you know, I mean, I I, I will look at like twenty five pairs of jeans online before I buy one. So, you know, I, <laughs> there you go. That's a great
1: analogy, actually. You know, and it's, it's like, true.
0: Why not? Like, why not? You know, and then also to have this, if you have this notion of a screener date, which you've all you have introduced us all to, which I love. It takes a lot of the pressure off because when we when we're looking for the one thing, it's very tricky. But when we open ourselves to the idea like, okay, I'm going to have 20 coffees. This is a good investment in in the rest of my future happiness. And it allows us to, you know, get beyond the screen. So but you did say something about these 25 hellos, which I really like. And I liked your opening line because if you love brunch and you live in New York, you want at least like five guys to have good ideas about where you might do it. And if the other, you know, don't have one, but how does the online bantering work for somebody who's never bantered online and, you know, and hasn't flirted in decades, you know, catch us up. What, what, what should we be doing? What should be saying? How, you know, how do we do it? Is there, can can it be too much? Yeah, go, 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 go. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing somehow we've we've made this bantering process on a dating app totally different than the way that we would talk to our best friend or our, our group of friends on a group chat on text, right? It's no different. It's no different. Yeah, it's true. You don't know this human, but you want to model the behavior you want to see always. So if you are warm and friendly and funny on text, then be warm and friendly and funny on a dating app because that like is going to attract like. If someone doesn't find you funny or they unmatch you mid-sentence, great. That is awesome because that's the universe just like chopping wood for you. Like, let's keep the forest clear. Let's keep going. So it's not, again, it's not about trying to mirror and match somebody else and their vibe. It's just you being you, right? I was very like, I don't know. I thought I was pithy and funny, but that's sort of, I just would like looked at this whole thing as very amusing. And I would sort of poke fun at somebody's prompt if I thought that was... I, if they didn't find it funny, then that was just not going to be my person. So I just encourage people to look at the banter like the same with the same vibe. Now, the thing is, most people aren't in this for the same reason that you are. If you're looking for a relationship, just know that a lot of people are on the apps dabbling for validation. It's a good dopamine hit. Maybe they're still in a marriage, but unhappy. <laughs> So don't be deterred by that. Like if someone ghosts you or they don't get back to you, like, oh, I had this great banter going and I love the profile. And then like, they just ghosted me. It's like, just unmatch. That's right. We don't need to know anything more than that, right?
0: I think that's such and- great advice. Like you don't have to take these things personally, although it probably feels hard to, but you you just have mm-hmm. to, like, if you, you know, if your center focus is, you know, I know what I want. I, I have so much to offer. I'm going to connect with the right person. And these people, you know, this is not for me. You know, they were not for me and move on to the next one.
1: Yeah, exactly. We tend to like, hold on (laughs) too long or we, we tend to overthink like, well, what did I do wrong? It's like, no, 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 no. It's it's what, my, what, one what, my did, he, what did
0: he or he, what did he or she do wrong? You know, but you know, Amy, I'm curious. You work with clients from you know ages from 20 to 80. I know from spending time on your website. What if anything do you see is different about dating in mid you know midlife versus you know dating in our 20s and 30s? Or does it not change? Like, do the fears you know they is is it all the same? Or what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Ultimately, it's the same. Ultimately, we all want a meaningful connection with another human. We all want our partner. That's the ultimate. And our biggest limiting belief we all carry is the fear of being unlovable as we are. Okay, so that's from soup to nuts. We're all pretty much the same. Here's kind of a funny difference is the younger set really doesn't understand how to flirt in real life. (laughs) and they can banter just fine you know they can sort of get through the banter my midlife set which i deeply relate to of course you know we know how to flirt in real life we've been doing that like we get it it's the technology that trips us up like how are we supposed to like get from you know this weird technology banter so it's just interesting just different skill sets that i often have to help you know them. Them with
0: that makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm also curious because we we I keep reading news headlines about how isolation and loneliness are sort of like a new healthcare epidemic, right? We we went through COVID. We were a sort of isolated. Um, modern life kind of you know separates us even more sometimes. What do you, what's your take on dating for companionship versus romantic love, or is it okay if we're simply clear in our profiles that we're looking for that, or do you know what if we're unsure of our
1: goals? What's your take on that? Yeah, great question. I really work with clients ahead of time. You have to know what your goal is. You just do. Sometimes I have someone straight out of a marriage, and they just want to play. They want to play for a while. They should. They should date tons of people. They should know what they, you know, what they want. And after all that time, like go, go for it. If you really just want companionship, you're a little older, perhaps. I have a client who. You know, 75 years old and it, it wasn't as much about the romance, but it really, really was about like a book club partner, <laughs> Sure. Um, then know that and state that in your profile and say it right up front. Yeah. yeah
0: I love that. I, I think, I think that, I mean, the, it sounds like the answer to the, the question is just like, you have to be clear about what you want and to communicate that to somebody else. And then, then everything's fair then. Um, yeah. You know, I know that in America, nearly 50% of America is single. There's the rise of what they're calling gray divorce, which sounds terrible because like, frankly, I'm still coloring my hair, <laughs> you know, but you know, <laughs> as we, as we get older, people are, uh, you know, either becoming unpaired for a variety of reasons. And they're sort of culturally in a pressure to pressure to be in a relationship, to be paired off, you know, what's your take on that? I, I know that you're a dating coach and you've been able to find love again and that you're engaged and it's it's going for you. But, you know, because you're a dating coach, probably when you walk into dinner parties and cocktail parties, you know, do people, are you, are you hearing all sorts of confessional stuff? W- you know, what's your take on, on, on people who are single and want to be that way? I, I'm just curious to hear your thinking on this.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I have yet to walk into a dinner party where I, I'm not mobbed by people saying, how do I do this? And something's wrong <laughs> with me. <laughs> Um, you know, it it really is the universal. It's that, it's that sort of, we've all heard on your deathbed, you know, it's not about the job you had or the things you acquired. It's about the love. It really is about the love. So it's pretty rare that I hear someone say like, I am adamantly single. Like, will everyone leave me alone? (laughs) Um, but I do, I just, again, to me, it all comes back to that self-love and self-compassion piece. And, you know, once you fill yourself with, once you are really content with yourself, like I used to take myself on dates because I was trying to build more of that and more resilience and love. And I would take myself on dates, which I had never done. And I would come home and be like to my little studio apartment in Manhattan. And I was, and I was like, I'm a good time. Like I'm a really good time you know? And it's like, I love it's, that. <laughs> yeah. And I would journal it out. I'm like, you know what? Whoever lands this one, they're going to be really lucky. Yeah. You know? Oh my and God. And it's like, it's just true. Like, you know, and so it's it sort of it, what that did is demystify that whole idea of, I need to be part of this coupledom. And it was all going to be okay because once I hit that point, I was like, woof, I'm good. I've got two good girlfriends. I've got, you know, I'm like, I'm great.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love that. And then you bring that energy and that sort of vie and that confidence and that just like zest, which then attracts other people. I mean, we are attracted yeah. to people that that do have that sort of joy and that spark and that energy. and. I love that oh. you that you identified yourself as being a good time, because I've been having a great time <laughs> in this conversation. So I, I agree. Uh, Amy, we're, we're nearing the end of our, our time together. We're going to head into a speed round in a little bit. But I do want to ask you you, know, you, you mentioned earlier that you had a career in PR, and that you wrote four books, one of which I've read, which is just as you I get know. more confident in your own skin, it starts to sag, which is just such a genius title, and it's a wonderful book. I'll put it into the show notes. So you've, uh, done, you've iterated a lot over your career. You've sort of iterated your, um, your personal life as well. I'm just curious. You know, I always ask people this question, you know, could you have done this uh, earlier? Could you have launched Love Amy earlier in life? Or did it take getting to midlife uh,
1: to be able to do so? Ah, uh, that's a great question. It kind of makes me think of my favorite Steve Jobs quote, which is, in retrospect, the dots connect there's no way, I mean, I could have seen this coming and there's no way it would have fit earlier. It wouldn't have fit one year earlier. It had this plot twist, this career that is literally the joy of my life. This came in divine timing and just like everything does. And so I really feel happier at 53, turning 54 than I've ever felt in my entire life, personally and professionally. I mean, bar none. I mean, my my two kids in college said to me the other day, each separately, like, wow, I've never seen you this happy. This is, I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. And so it really is possible to reinvent yourself a million different times in a million different ways. And it just keeps getting better. It really does.
0: I adore this notion. This is the perfect note to end on. The plot twist for anyone who's listening is that your you know, most happy year c- it could be in the future. So keep going. Put yourself out there. Put yourself onto the dating apps. Put yourself in action to launch a new business, to connect with new people, because you, know, you, you never know where it could take you. Amy, this has been so much fun. We're heading so into our fun, speed Katie. round. We're heading into our speed round. So um, this is just one to two word answers because you know, we want to end on a high energy note. So okay. coaching a client on a successful date feels? Euphoric. Nice. Profile photo. Professional or candid? Professional. Uh, Bumble Tinder Hinge. What's your favorite? Bumble. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I met Brett I met on Bumble and Bumble <laughs> just is near and dear to my heart. It's great. It's, it really is my top choice.
0: Nice. Okay. Uh, for the love of God, please don't do this on your profile.
1: Oh. Okay. For men, do not hold a big, giant fish. No one cares.
0: <laughs> oh my God. That's a turnoff. Okay. But what about for women?
1: Um, No, like sexy bikini shots. Mm, okay.
0: No. All right. Maybe it's starting too much a little bit. All right. for um, Surprise. People often overlook this profile must have.
1: Um, gosh. Ah, la, la, la. That's a great question. I think it's more of a general, like, really, really, like, uh, whatever your nerdiest quality is, like, put it in there. Okay, good.
0: Yeah, be your, be, bring your, your whole self to the dating scene. Okay, consider yeah. this location or idea for a first screener date.
1: Oh, I think just, like, uh, your favorite coffee shop.
0: Nice. Okay. Ghosting people is unkind and a no-no. How do you decline a second date nicely?
1: You know what? You simply text them and you say, hey, Mike. Poor Mike. I don't know why I'm choosing Mike. (laughs) Hey, Mike. Mike. I think you're a lovely person. Had a nice time with you. Feeling more of a friendship vibe versus romantic. I wish you well. Perfect. I wish you well is like, don't call me again. That's- (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know. (laughs) That's
0: a euphemism if I've ever heard one, but it's a nice one. All right.
1: It makes them feel good. It makes, you know, it's fine.
0: I love it. Okay. Finally, your one word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel- empowered nice all right this has been so much fun i've learned a lot i'm sure everyone else has too <laughs> how can our listeners find you and your dating coaching services
1: yeah so everything you need to know i think my cell phone even is on there is on loveamy.co. theo, my website
0: fantastic i'm putting this all in the show notes this wraps a certain age a show for women who are aging without apology Thank you for tuning in, spending time, and being a friend of the show. If you learned something new, nodded along, took mental notes, or feel smarter, energized, or more inspired after tuning in, I would so appreciate a written review over on Apple Podcasts. Share what you learned and why you tune in because reviews matter. They help other women like you find the show. Special thanks to Michael Mancini who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, keep on dating boldly beauties.